Thank you for calling Strickler Insurance. This is Lori speaking. I speak to Kyle, please. Uh, yeah, Max is speaking. Yeah, it's Joey Jingola. All right, give me one second. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, this is Kyle. Kyle, this is Joey Jingola. <laughs> how you doing? Good, how you doing, man? This is funny, it sounds like one of your podcasts. Maybe it is one of my podcasts. <laughs> what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I uh, thought I would uh, give you a call, see what's going on, learn more. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. We, uh, so I don't know if you're familiar. I just started using Loom a lot. Um, I'm sending out all sorts of videos with my emails now and getting a ton of good response for prospecting, but also just, uh, you know, we held an event last night at one of my brewery clients, and I just sent them a quick video like, hey, your staff was great. Thanks for all you did. Um, Everybody had a blast. We're looking forward to coming back. And they're all replying like, wow, we've never seen anything like this. It's really neat. Um, so I think it gives that opportunity for more than, you know, to, to really differentiate yourself from the rest of the insurance agents out there um, versus just having some black text on a, a white email background. Uh, it's pretty neat. Video's no so, joke. That's for sure. Yeah, man. It's Once you get it set up, I mean, it took me a little while to figure out what I wanted to do with it. But now I'm using it for, you know, everything. Here's your updated policy, and I can have my video, you know, on the side of the uh, document and share my screen with them. Like, here's the bill you're going to get in the mail. Here's what to look for. Here's a, It's on this page, and I can scroll through the document as we're doing it. Um, posted one today on LinkedIn that was, you know, hey, here's a hurricane preparedness checklist. Um, scrolling through it, and, you know, here's the link to it for you to download. So. Technology, man, it's not going away. It's only, you know, got to embrace it. Are you the only one at the agency that's kind of going this path, or you got other people <clears throat> jumping on board with you? Um, as of right now, I, I am the first, and I just started it really this week. So we actually, we use Microsoft oh. Teams okay. as a communicator, okay. too. And um, so this morning I sent everybody, you know, hey, good morning. Uh, you know, just so you know, my assistant's out today, but I'm here all day. So if you need anything, let me know. Um, you know, happy Friday, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. And uh, so I watched, Loom had a couple videos on their website as to how to use, use this for managing teams, managing new hires, onboarding, just anything. And uh, yeah. so now, yeah. now I'm getting a lot more creative uh, with it and comfortable with it. And I have my office set up like a, kind of like a little studio. You know, I have the background set up the way I want it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, not going away, that's for sure. I almost I almost teared up a little bit when you said I had my office set up like a little studio. I just I got a little messed <laughs> in. Uh, yeah, man. So you tell me what's going on in your neck of the woods. Where are you located? Outside of Cleveland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not too far. Uh, yeah. What is uh? It's just a quick trip down seventy six Turnpike or something like that, right? Yeah. So I mean, I am about three and a half hours direct to Pittsburgh. You know, one road the whole way there. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, if you stop and get a Starbucks, then it's going to take you a little bit longer. But uh, how far are you, say, from Pittsburgh? Uh, about an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So, yeah, five hours, five and a half. Regrettably, yeah, an hour and a half. Area. I try not to go there that often. but It's a cool town, man. It's a great beer town. Um, just went to uh, PNC Park with some clients a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Um, yeah, I work with a number of folks, you know, a lot of breweries out there in Pittsburgh and uh you know, a lot of times I'm meeting them at the brewery, so it's like, hey, let's get out, let's check out this uh, Pirates game. You know, I've never been to the Pirates Stadium, but uh, watching the Phillies play there, I saw, I was like, i got to go there, it looks pretty neat. So, there was nobody there when we went, <laughs> but it was a cool stadium, and they got the butts whooped. Um, how far are you from Philly? 
Um, I am like 30 miles, so it, it takes me about 45 minutes to get in. Yeah, I, was, I wish I would have known who you were. I was just in Philly over the summer. Really? Well, we didn't know each other then either. It's all right. It's all right. What, are you what do? were you doing down there? Just a little family vacation. Took uh, took oh, the wow. kid to see uh, they had a WWE pay per view event for his birthday. Nice. So, how old are your kids? Uh, that one is eight. So okay, that one. Awesome. Yeah, I have I have two girls, uh, age seven and four, second grade and pre K four. Mm, yeah, so you, and, you're ready uh, a little bit. Oh yeah, they're good. They keep me busy. You know, wife wife is back to teaching. Um, so I've actually had the girls a week because they're not back in school. So I'm like working from home plus. You know, yeah. trying to keep them alive at the same time. I know that game. Uh, my wife, yeah. my wife was a teacher too, so um, very, nice. very common. Um, I have to say, I got your. You'd mentioned breweries, and I swear mm-hmm. this is the most like requested. Like, hey, Joe, I had this great idea. I'm thinking about doing breweries. And I'm like, okay. great. And I want to know from your perspective how it's going been so i've been an independent agent seven years after two years of kind of figuring out what i wanted to do or figure out how to make it you know from scratch um you know i've worked in breweries i grew up working in restaurants my mom always worked in restaurants um and so i know that hospitality side of the business and then in college i worked at a brewery and learned the whole process and then i ended up you know brewing my own beer brewing with guys who end up starting their own breweries Mm. um and now i brew at the breweries with my clients so you know typically a monday monday's a brew day so I'll go in, and a lot of times Mondays are kind of slow from an insurance standpoint, too. I guess everyone's catching up on their email and such. But uh, So I learned, you know, the manufacturing part and the safety part uh, firsthand. You know, it's a sweaty job. It's, it's nasty. Um, so I paired all that stuff together, went out to my underwriters and said, you know, hey, are you comfortable with me doing this? We have a manufacturing risk with a liquor liability. Right? So that scares a lot of people away. Um, so there's not too many programs out there, but the ones that we do have access to, or you know, the ones that are out there, we have access to. Um, so we have the flexibility with our carriers um, for our for our clients. And um, you know, I started hitting it hard. Now I ensure it's been probably four or five years of focusing on the craft beverage world, and um, I have you know over 150 accounts that I have that that we ensure that are mainly breweries, um, a lot of distilleries, now cideries, a couple wineries. Um, you know, folks are making mead now, you know, fermented honey. Mm. So you're starting to see the whole gamut, um, uh, hard seltzers, just everyone's getting creative. And, uh, so yeah, so that, that's what we focus on. And the owner of my insurance agency, he actually owned a brewery, um, and just sold it. He owned it for a few years and sold it. Um, so, you know, I brewed there, but we just, this is what we focus on. Um, I'm a member of the guild, um, you know, the, the brewery guilds locally. I work in all states that touch PA. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're well-known, and we do our best for everybody because it's a very, very small world. You know, good news will travel, but bad news travels a lot faster. <laughs> so, you know, we, we do our best to do we do our best to do our best for everybody. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot. So we've had to bump up staff. Um, there's a lot of things that go into the breweries, obviously, and then they all do. You know, when we have a beer festival in Philadelphia, well, now we have a hundred some certificates of insurance to make. Mm. You know, because they're all requesting it at the same time. So we actually have a dedicated certificate person, who you know, she's fantastic. And some days she probably doesn't like seeing those emails come from me, but um, she's she's a team player. That's a lot of work, though. Uh, what's the average premium? It depends. I mean, it's gone up. So I mean, 
now we're looking at you know a startup is probably like eight to twelve grand premium um, package wise. Then you got the comp, and then they start adding vehicles, and they grow, and they get a second, third location. Um, so they, I mean, they're growing. I've seen some of them, you know, have started off a couple of years ago at four grand, and now they're forty. That's you know, um, you know, and now we're starting to do the ancillary stuff, right? Once they get that cash flow going, you know, originally a lot of times they don't want the umbrella, you know, they don't want yeah. the EPLI, um, but now, you know, now that's a big part of what we're doing is, you know, we're adding on the home and autos, we're doing the auto home and auto for their employees also, making sure that they have the correct limits because some of them are driving their own vehicles on behalf of the brewery mm-hmm. to events or sales-wise. So, you know, we put a plan together like, hey, your employees need to have this this coverage, and if they are, uh, if they don't, and then they go to their agent and it bumps up their rates too high, like, let us shop it around for you. That's, um, so, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I like that angle. It's very subtle, yeah. but uh, very helpful and practical. Yeah, and, and it makes it sticky, and it protects the business, you know. Um, yeah, but now, like I said, we're starting to do, you know, trying to push as much cyber umbrella and, you know, EPLI, you know, as much as we can, um, on these folks, you know, originally they didn't want it, but now as they grow, they're starting to realize that these new risks that, that they have, you know, um, the more employees, the more, you know, types of you know situations arise, you know, we've had some EPLI claims that were bogus, but they get paid out. You know, and our and our insureds are happy that they have it. And yeah. um, I wrote an article for uh, Independent Agent Magazine about you know crisis response insurance. You know, when you have you have your your person at the register, or your hostess stand at the front, someone comes in with a gun, says, "Give me all the money in the in the register." You know, so we had that covered. Um, they got away with like fifteen hundred bucks, but we had that covered. And the coverage we had with the crisis response also paid for that employee to go to I think it was like 20 hours of counseling to you know so they were weren't afraid to come back to work um you know and you got the PR stuff in there where you know patrons are now afraid to come back to that location you know there's a lot that goes into it um but we're comfortable and this is what we do and we you know I'm of the firm belief and it's just the way I am I'm wired a certain way if I'm not passionate about it I'm not going to do it or I'm not going to do it well, you know, and that's why I ended up quitting like a, a really nice, cushy uh, corporate America job to, you know, for to start over at zero with a, you know, a, a wife and kid and house and two cars and uh, seven years ago, and that sucked. My wife cried every day for like two years, but uh, you know, seven years into it, and you know, we're we're good, you know. So the juice is worth the squeeze. That is certainly true. So I like that. So the as the accounts grow, you're, you're, is, did you have any sort of, was this like something that you've just kind of, I don't want to say fell into adding policies to the account. Did, were you methodical at all in any ways of saying like, hey, maybe we can go and get an extra one or two this year, then maybe the following year we're going to, is there any sort of plan that way or is it just kind of as, as they progress, you kind of see what they're most interested in? Uh, no, I mean, this is now every account, every renewal, you know, we got to check your employees' limits if they're driving. We have to take a look at, you know, we essentially kind of make them sign off on it. Like, yes, this was provided to me. This was offered to me, and I declined the coverage. You know, so I'm a, you know, this is what we talk about when we do, when I go to my CIC trainings and my rubles of, hey, you know, we have a big E&O uh, with any account. If we're not offering coverage and they knew that they could, you know, they didn't know that they could have bought this coverage for 50 bucks or 1200 bucks a year and they have a claim and they're in court and the court's saying, hey, if you... 
if you knew this coverage existed and it was 1200 bucks a year, would you buy it? Obviously, they're going to say yes at that point, and, you know, the judge slaps the, the gavel down. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we're, you know, we're doing our best for the clients, but we also have to protect our agency and ourselves. Um, so we make sure that we offer it on every account now. Uh, we've been doing that for years, and that's with any account, you know. Just always, always have those ancillary coverages out there. Let our insurers know that those coverages exist. A lot of times they don't know they exist. Um, there's just there's gaps out there. Um, there's definitely gaps on the liability policy, you know, and all that cyber stuff, that umbrella stuff. Um, you gotta be careful. So, what does a brew day look like? What? How did that get started? Like, what's the angle? Like, is it just you hop around to different clients every, each Monday? <clears throat> um, not. It's usually planned ahead. Hey, I'm going to come brew with you in a month or so. Here's sure. the date. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of these guys, you know, they're doing festivals or they're traveling. A lot of these guys now have been traveling over to Europe uh, for inspiration. Really? You know, yeah, that's been cool. I had uh, one of my breweries stayed at a, a big estate in France for like a week and learned about wine and barrel aging. And they stayed there and, you know, research and development. Obviously, it's all, you know, a business write off, but and they're out having fun and drinking at the local pubs. But it's obviously, you know, they're doing the education. Um, they're taking their employees over there, which helps morale, right? These guys get to travel with the company, you know, keeps them there longer. Uh, so, you know, as far as, like, employee retention. Uh, but, yeah, a typical brew day, I mean, you know, you show up to a brewery or any restaurant or bar and you order a beer, right? The guy pours it from the tap, comes into the glass, and you have your beer. But there's way more that goes into it, you know. A brew day, a lot of times these guys are there at 5, 6 in the morning um, heating up the water. Uh, which takes hours. Sometimes they do it the night before, uh, weighing out all the ingredients, or even just that morning, like, hey, what the hell am I going to brew today? You know, if they're not planned ahead, let's try this. Or, hey, we have these extra hops or this extra grain laying around. Let's try something new. Um, So that, like, start to finish, though, is about an 8- to 10-hour day. Um, It's hot, 160-degree water. You're sweating. You know, I end up doing all kind of the the sweaty work, right? So – you essentially make that first part of beer. It's kind of the oatmeal, right? You strain out the water into the next kettle, and you know it's the sugar water. But you're left with all the all the grain in the first in the mash tun, you know, in the first tank, and then that's all got to be shoveled out. It's piping hot. It's got to be shoveled out, and then that tank is sprayed down with again super hot water for sanitation purposes. But then that you know that all that grain goes to you know in a bin, and then a farmer picks it up. That's another exposure. I've had, I've had dead cows uh, from a farmer who took, they overfed their cows with the brewery's <laughs> grain that they accepted. Alcohol poisoning? And, uh, no, well, there's no alcohol in it. Hmm. Um, overoxidation was the official claim. They overfed the, the cows, and I don't know, oxidation occurs in the body, and the cows die. So Oops. that's another thing where we start to put in place, like, hey, you need to have an agreement with that farmer that, something happens it's not on us right we have a hold harmless agreement for that so all these crazy things people get hurt during a stupid tour you know um you know i try to supply all these guys with safety glasses you know or at least make sure i've had folks get you know you get chemicals in your eye now you can't see for a day um or longer but a lot of times they go right to the hospital and they get it cleaned out and you know that's happened at a brewery locally to me and now i go in and they're even wearing their safety glasses while they're eating their, you know, sandwich on the lunch break. So, you know, safety first, the gloves, the shoes, all that stuff. It's a messy job. It's science. You know, it's a, it's a laboratory. So when are you going to get that camera out of the office and into the brewery? Oh, I can just 
I can do that. I can do that in about 20 minutes. All right. Well, it's easy. I'm just, I'm just curious if you've had thoughts around any of Yeah, that. so I was actually thinking, like, I should shoot my videos in front of the brew tanks. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is technically my office a lot of days anyway. No, I'd be, I'd be curious. I'd like to – well, even having somebody uh, do a little shooting for you, you know, where it's just mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, brew day, um, kind of mm -hmm. putting that whole together, like what they're brewing, like – highlighting that brewery that sounds interesting yeah. um so, what's the response what's what's the response like from the brew from the owners right like uh they're excited to have you there do they tell their other like brewery friends like oh dude like our insurance agent rolled up his sleeves and he was brewing with us like is that yeah. kind of the, the the ultimate like not really doing it for that but kind of doing it for that result um i do get a lot of referrals we you know we're kind of to the point where a lot of times we are not necessarily accepting uh startups lately um, until they are, you know, kind of year three, get their feet under them, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys are brewing in their garage, never ha owned a business, and now they go off to start a brewery, and yeah. they're brewing, yeah. and they're trying to grow, and they're not checking their bills, and they're not looking at the audit. They don't take the audit seriously. So there's some things that we've, you know, we've grown, and we want to guide these folks, but we can only, you can only hold handhold so much, right? you got to kind of pick and choose your battles. We only have 24 hours in the day. How best should we be using them? So, um you know, with our experience in our insurance markets, we want to be focusing on, you know, the bigger accounts, um, those folks who are, are willing to work with us and, and they get it, you know. Yeah. How hard, how long of a process was it to get there? How hard was it to actually be disciplined to do that? Say no. Touché, to say no? Touche. No, is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, just like because you know, it's like something. It's we always are telling ourselves, I'm, I'm never going to do that again, right? Two yeah. days later, hey, great. If I think we can make that work. I'm not sure. <laughs> let me check. Uh, you yeah, know. you know, yeah. it happens. Um, but yeah, so now I try to say, you know, let me see your business plan. Let me see your square footage. Um, let me see your five-year plan. Um, here's what we're going to do for you if we are to work together. Does this sound good? Yes or no? If not, you know, we'll we'll connect in a few years down the road. Um, so it depends. There's you know, it did take a while, but you know, I've I've been reading a lot over these last three years, and uh, I spend a lot of time every day reading. And I've learned that you know, again, Steve Jobs, uh, Richard Branson, all these guys have had they all have the same amount of time as we do. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a note on my wall here that says, "Don't major in minor activities." Yeah. Right. So we need to do what what's working for our because also too the smaller accounts, they you know we spend a lot of time on them. You know how it goes, right? I mean, you could spend the same amount of time on a small account as a big account, yep. um, or sometimes less on the on the bigger account. But um, <clears throat> that's my employees' time, right? So that's payroll. Right? So you know we're paying these employees to do to use their time wisely. So we want to make sure that we are supplying them that th that they're working on the right activities. So yeah, it's, it, it it took a while. It took me probably two three years before I started saying no and walking away from accounts. Um, which is probably and, pretty aggressive in, as far as being early to the game as far as that's concerned yeah it's it's not easy to do it's not but when you think about the amount of time and you know what an hour costs um, then you start then you start to really realize oh I should be saying no more um, and that, that makes it easier once you start to kind of weigh the benefits versus the, the, the downsides of your time yeah and uh, your employees time, uh, like I said you know your coworkers. Well, what, what does that team look like? Like, what have you found? Like you said, like you're adding bodies, like, you know, you got a hundred certificates in a day for, you know, festival mm -hmm. situation. Like, mm -hmm. 
what were, were, were some of the things that tripped you up maybe initially or that you think you kind of like, man, we're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to make that mistake again. Like how, how much of a support is needed to kind of successfully pull this off? You know, our, our agency owner, he's, he's very good at kind of taking a 10,000 foot view and backing up and saying, here's what, well, what's the problem, you know, or what's the, what's, what's working, what's not, how do we, and how do we fix it? You know, What's this end result, and can we? How do we back into this to make it a better result moving forward? So, kind of breaking steps down, simplifying things, and you start to realize, yeah, this isn't working, um, or I shouldn't be working on this. We should give this to assistant one to handle this. Assistant two works only on um, policy change. You know, assistant one works on the renewals. Assistant two works on policy changes. Assistant three works on, you know, assistant CSR, works on um, um, the certificates. So we have 25 people in the office. Um, a lot of it is support staff. We do have our own health insurance division. Uh, we do have our own personalized division, and then we have a couple producers and CSRs. So we've, it's a, it's a, every Thursday we have our commercial lines meeting. It takes about an hour and a half every Thursday morning. Everybody's on it. We started using video conferencing, too, for those who are out of the office. And um, you just refine constantly, refine the process. And that's, that's kind of how I led to these. We were using Agency Revolution, um, and we send out our emails. You know, they get XYZ emails before renewal, a couple, you know, throughout the year, and trying to figure out what works best. And I realized, you know, we're sending out these emails. They're going out at the right time, but we're not getting a response. So now I started to edit those and include the videos, and now we're starting to get the responses. Um, that... I put out a proposal last week, uh, last Thursday or Friday, and then this, and then I followed up with a video on Monday, saying, "Hey, you know, I saw that you had opened the proposal. Wanted to get your thoughts about it. How can we help? You know, this is what we do. Uh, we have a plenty of resources. Blah blah blah." And they called me back and they said, "That was the most." He just let off. He said, "Kyle, I just watched your video. That was the most creative thing I've ever seen. I felt like you were in the room with me." Um, and I was like, "Wow, that's fantastic. You know, that's." People are opening it. So now I even just, like, I've been sending out videos all morning. Instead of kind of leaving a voicemail, here's an email, here's the information, and here's a video of me explaining it. And then I think, you know, they're seeing me versus hearing me. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, or just, you know, email, and it's almost like I'm there, like I was on a meeting with them, you know. Because uh, the more, again, the more clients you have, the less kind of travel you can do because then everything else kind of backs up. So I'm just trying to work smarter um, and this video thing is not going away. And I think those who embrace it are going to, it's going to pay off. It's a differentiator for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it feels like you've been beating a drum for so long. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, once you, once you, once you get that response, right. Once you have somebody tell you something like it felt like I was, you were in the room yeah. with me, it's, it just, it, it makes, it, it all makes sense. And you will completely understand how much of a difference. Yeah, and I got that. Is. I got that call like four thirty in the afternoon. And it just made my night. I ran upstairs and I was like, told my <laughs> wife, I'm like, this is great, you know? And she was like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, yeah, man, we're uh, always trying to get better. I mean, that's a, if you're not, if you're not moving forward, you know, you're, you're falling behind. And this, this insurance world is, it's changing. You know, it's just got that old stigma too. It's boring. I don't need it until I need it. How dare uh, you, Kyle? How dare you? <laughs> I love it. I'm very passionate about it. This is, I, I have the greatest job in the world. I get to do, and that's why I like this job too, because you can pick your niche. You can yeah. do landscapers if you only want to do landscape, like whatever it is. Yeah, you know, you get to do what you want. So, 
again, you know, as you know, and I'll keep throwing out my pithy quotes, but, you know, if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? Yeah, well, I mean, just the it's interesting to hear you say you get to pick a niche as opposed to, you know, it, it's the, the fight has been, do I have to pick one, you know? Like you're looking at sure. it as a privilege versus well, like this like curse, yeah. like, you know? Yeah, before, and you see you know? too, yeah, and you see too, it's like, uh, when you're a generalist, you don't know what you don't know, you know? Um, when you specialize, you know what the other folks don't know, and that's where you can make a difference. And that's, so we niched now for a, the trucking trucking uh, yeah, division. Yep. Um, we insure like 200 grocery stores. Um, we do insure a number of contractors, like, I don't know, 200-some contractors. Um, and Grocery stores, that's an, that's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I worked in grocery stores, you know, through high school. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important, you know, when you when you're familiar with what these folks are doing, you can talk to talk. You know their language. Okay. Um, and and I just think, you know, again, I want to be I want to be good at you know essentially one thing, um, you know, a master of one versus uh, yeah, what a a jack of you know none, <laughs> whatever, jack a master of, of one versus uh, yeah, yeah, versus we'll, you know we'll a master of one. a couple times, yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know what we're saying. I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I certainly, um, like the enthusiasm for the specificity of the type of insurance you have the, you know, option of picking and choosing to kind of pursue. It's a refreshing take. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about? Like where, where, where is it all going for you? Like where is there, is there a bigger game to be played? Is this, I mean, you know, uh, where, 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 what's the Super Bowl of brewery insurance for you? Uh, my Super Bowl of brewery insurance, I think, would be to work, start working with you know some of these these bigger guys, right? Have you know essentially ten big accounts that I can focus on heavily, um, versus you know, 150, right? How do we how do we work as a partner, and and have that trust um, them with us, you know? Um, I think that's it. I think really just, you know, I got 35 more years in this business, I think, <laughs> or else it'll drive me nuts. I, maybe I'll, you know, it gets a little crazy sometimes, but um, I don't know. My my goal again is, you know, just continue to build the book of business. Um, you know, I'd like to have a $20 million book would be, that's my, that's kind of the end goal. You know, if I want to put a number on it, I think that creates, you know, even a $5 million book would really kind of satisfy my why and um, retirement goals and that sort of thing, right? Um, but yeah, ultimately, ultimately, I want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing because it, I get to have breakfast and dinner with my kids every day, and that's really, you know, and I get to be in businesses that I enjoy being around. They're normal guys. I like working with them, um, and that's that's really it. Last question, Kyle. What's the one thing that you're currently missing or just haven't been able to get to yet? Um to make that a reality? I think it is a technology situation. I think it's, uh, you know, it's sometimes difficult to get in front of some of those folks. And um, so being more strategic, I guess, and in the prospecting aspect, but again, using those referrals as, as the way to get in, um, growing and educating a team. And, uh, you know, the more you do, the more people you're going to need around you. Um, and, and, we're there, you know, we're getting there, but I think, uh, 
you know, obviously some of these guys, I mean, I look at the insurance journal that just came out and it shows the, you know, the top revenue producing agencies. And you're like, holy crap, like, what are they doing? How are they bringing in that much revenue? You know, some of them I noticed were bringing in, you know, 20 million a year in revenue and had six employees. It's like, well, how, how are you doing that? They're working smarter somehow. Um, and I don't know if all those details are specifically lined out, but yeah, how do we, how do we do more with less, you know, how do we simplify? How do we continue to educate our clients and how do we keep clients? You know, how do we help them grow? I don't know. One day at a time. And I think just continuing to be in the business and learn. And I think, you know, finding that mentor or asking those top five agencies across the country that you're not really competing with, like, how are you guys doing it? What are, what are we not doing that we should be doing? 